I can't do it. I'm so distracted right now. Good morning. It's Christmas. Yeah? Now listen, listen, listen. I know, I know, I know, I know. Just all the beautiful things of this season, all the hard things of this season, all the things that we want to contemplate and we want to just uh, take a moment to slow down and pay attention to. Yes? Amen to that? Amen. Amen to that. But also, this is me. I can't do it any less. So I love that you guys are here and that you uh, love me no matter what. Amen to that? Amen to that. I even gave Chris a shirt. Can you explain what's on it, though? Yes. So this is a very cool shirt. This is uh, Vader's workshop for mixing Star Wars and Christmas together. And as I said to somebody at the door, there's nothing like celebrating Christmas at church with Star Wars, right? I don't know. I saw something red Christmassy, and I was like, oh, that's different. Let's get that one. All right. Well, welcome. My name is Melody. I am one of the pastors here, so there's that. Uh, this is my husband, Chris. Good morning. Yes. So today, uh, uh, today is something called Name Tag, Su- name tag Sunday, Soup Sunday, Community Sunday. I do not have a name tag, neither do you, so we are terribly <laughs> irresponsible. <laughs> But um, all of you guys hopefully have a name tag, and um, you are, uh, it's just an invitation to stay a little bit afterwards to enjoy some soup. There's like 10 soups back there already. There's mushroom soup, there's chili soup, there's chicken noodle soup. Where's Serena? What's the other one that is Rana's recipe? The the Hungarian mushroom soup. Uh, There's all sorts of soups. So please stay, sample a few soups. There is also going to be a bake sale going on. If you missed it on the way in, you can catch it on the way out because the youth group is fundraising for winter camp. All right? Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I saw those cranberry bliss bars already flying off the table. (laughs) So if you haven't gotten one now, make sure you get it before they're all gone. That is my secret recipe. I'm taking that to the grave with me. Taking it straight to Jesus. Um, All right, so uh, we want to share with you something that happened. uh, There's so much happening, you guys. Like this morning, I had a Christmas party with my pantry pickup team. Can you give them a round of applause for me? You know, I I said to the team, you guys, there is... There's some times where the pantry makes you laugh. There's some times where the pantry makes you cry. And we never know what we're going to get. But you know what? We're so thankful to be able to do this, to be able to do this. And so, um, you know, we talk about the pantry and we ask for, of course, your support and donations. And we're going to ask for your support in signing up today for the Christmas Pantry Drive-Thru, which is a great great, great way to serve your community and give a little bit of holiday cheer. The guests are really looking forward to it, but we need a team. And so again, there's so much unseen. So the team that uh, there's 16 people that work weekly for the pantry pickup team. And that's not including like myself, Chris, my kids who are just as much a part of the pantry team pickup. So there's so many people that do so many things unseen. So I just want to just take a moment to say thank you to that team for sure. Yes. 
Hence also why I got Holly and Jolly, because I wanted them to keep their eyes on me. <laughs> anyway, um, so please sign up today for the pantry drive-thru that is going to be December 16th, and that is just in the morning, and you'll get an email about that if you um, sign up for it. So uh, lots of things to do there. Um, so this week, women, 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 and then you can do the men's, but women, we are having a really excellent night this night. We are having our favorite things Christmas gift exchange. Now, I have a postcard that I also do not have with me, so irresponsible number two. Strike number two. <clears throat> um, I will give you a postcard that has all the instructions you need because basically the basic of it is you bring three items that are the same. So chapstick, 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 let's say. And then we facilitate a gift exchange and you will give to three different women and you will receive three different things from three different women. So it is a really fun night, really great ideas for the holidays coming up. So please grab a postcard from me at the end of the day and I would love to see you there. Yes, women and the guys. Okay, so... Now, the women's event has extended down to the middle school age and up. So, for the youth that Wednesday night, all girls, middle school age and up, are invited to join the women for their favorite things event, which leaves the middle school and high school guys to their own devices. No, no, no. We're not going to let them just loose, all right? No, we actually have a fun thing planned. So, guys, middle school and high school guys, we're going to do a game night here at church. Board game, card Super game, cool. tabletop games. And rather than just leave it to the middle school and high school guys, we want to invite all guys to join up. So if you enjoy playing games, you enjoy playing card games, come on down. We'll teach the guys something new. You know, teach these young guys how to play something new. Maybe challenge them. You know, sometimes there's nothing more satisfying than just beating a younger guy at a game. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm a competitive guy when it comes to games, so that's what I'll say. But, or if you just want to have fun and let them beat you, that's all right, too. But, yeah, come on over, guys. We'll have a good time. We'll hang out with the younger guys, and uh, we'll get some tables set up with all a variety of different games in here. It'll be a lot of fun. So, so join us. The last time there was a men's gathering, Bob and a couple other guys uh, taught my son, my nephew, how to play poker. So there you go. There was no money involved, but... But there was a life lesson, apparently. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of Monopoly Cheaters Edition? Yeah. Who pl who's played it? It is my favorite game on the planet right now. You know why? Because he hates it. And he's all about the rules and all about systems, and I'm like, how can I steal $500 from the bank right now? <laughs> so it's really fun. Maybe the Cheaters Edition will be there. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but guys, we really invite you... You know, this is something we were talking about this last week with guys and um, younger men and women and younger women. You know, we need each other, right? We need each other. And were you going to say something? No. Okay. We need each other. We need to keep each other young. We need to share wisdom. We, need, we just need each other. So guys, please participate in that night. It's going to be so fun. So, uh, we will continue on with our gathering this morning, and we are just so thankful that you're here. If you are a guest, or if you have a prayer request, or if you have a question about something, there is all sorts of cards right in front of you to fill out and put a prayer request in, give us some information, and say, hey, Melody, 
Could you please give me more information on Women's Night? If you can't stop me right afterwards, I can't give you a postcard. Or if you want more information about, you know, game night, those prayer cards, those connect cards, they get to us. So please fill those out. Um, also, as always, uh, we just ask for your continued partnership in what is um, new songs. Um, you know, uh, we are an independent church. We uh, count on the funds that are collected uh, from everyone. And so we just ask your continued partnership in that, especially towards the end of the year. We start, you know, kind of feeling the the crunch of some numbers. And so if you are um, able to do that, there's several ways listed there that you can give. And we're just so thankful for the smallest amount to the largest amount. So um, thank you so much for that. The last thing that I almost forgot to mention was something else that we did on Friday night. Oh, Coco in the Courtyard. We did. So we, we pushed that in here last week, and we had a great time. Let us show you a couple of pictures. So we gathered around tables. We sent out a little uh, thing that said, hey, it's too cold in the courtyard. We'll be inside. And we made little snow globe cookies. It was really fun. Um, and so that's actually something we're going to be doing at the pantry drive through um, and look at that, George. He is Mr. Christmas himself. Where is George? <laughs> George, he's sitting right next to the birthday girl, his wife, Leslie. It's her birthday today. Woo! They both really don't like me right now, but, you know, <laughs> I don't care. I'm wearing sparkles. You can't stop me today. All right. Shall we pray for the rest of our gathering? And again, we are just so thankful I can't tell you how much, you know, we are a family here. We are a family. We are part of each other's lives. When you're not here, we miss you. Uh, not in the way of, hey, where were you? But no, you were missed. Um, so thank you for being here. Stay a while for Soup Sunday afterwards. And um, let's continue on with our gathering. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together this morning. We thank you for this community. Thank you for the opportunity to celebrate all things Silly, all things serious, all things sad, all things joyful, because through you, all things are made perfect. And we thank you, Lord, for your gift and your blessings to us here. Please be with us in your spirit this morning. Bring your spirit of unity among us. Please be with Grant as he delivers the message. Father, I pray that you open our ears to hear and really soak in what it is that you want us to hear, Father. Grant will deliver, but Lord, these are your words. And I pray that you speak to us today, and may you bless us in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's welcome up another Mr. Christmas. Doesn't he look it? You know, I think it's, we are a good team because there's balance, there's joy, and there's light, and then there's the reality that there remains, as, as Johnny Cash said, you know, until all of these things are brought to a good conclusion, there has to be someone up front wearing black. And I really like that concept. <laughs> Christmas Eve, you may see me in a different garment. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a mix, isn't it? <clears throat> this season, uh, for some of us, it's really hard. Um, but that's the beauty of the body. You know, I appreciate the lightness and joy and of, of a friend or, or someone around me when I am feeling down. And, and maybe some of us also remind uh, those who are fully captivated in a joyful season that, that there's also 
There's also struggle and trouble and, and challenges. That is the beauty of the body of Christ. Um, we all need each other. Uh, and it's good. It is very, very good. Um, my name is Grant. I am one of the pastors here at New Song Church, and it is a joy to be here. This is indeed the season of Advent, um, and it is a journey, I believe. Uh, just as Lent is a journey uh, to Holy Week and the events of that week in the life of Christ, uh, Advent is also similarly a journey uh, that we are called to undertake with God and with one another. And the word Advent essentially means uh, coming or arriving, that something is coming, arriving uh, out of the distance towards us. And in the story of God's work, his loving invitation to all of his creation to come to him, to be restored to that relationship that was broken. Uh, this arriving, this constant arriving, finds its fullest expression in the coming of Jesus into our world. As the message translation of John chapter one says, he became flesh and blood. The word God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. What a mystery. We could ponder that for a while, that the creator of all things, who sustains all things by his word, moved into the neighborhood, came to us in, in, a, in a way that we could then understand in the flesh, the incarnation. And we're considering this concept in the light of the concept of gifts. Uh, as you can see by some of the decor here, thank you to my daughter for wrapping these beautiful gifts, and thanks to everyone who came yesterday and made this place uh, a place of beauty and light. Uh, please, kids especially, don't try and open these gifts. They are actually like Ikea things, if you know what I mean. Uh, they look, you know, like gifts, but they are they're like Ikea ones. Because um, <clears throat> our focus is actually to be on the greatest gift that was ever given. And it's the gift that we most, most need. Uh, the one that we didn't even realize that we needed. And often we go through our days not realizing the extent to which we need this gift to be given again and again. And we need to receive it again and again. And it's the gift that we are called to share with one another and with our community far and wide. Paul, the apostle, wrote in Galatians to a church in Galatia who were really struggling with understanding the simplicity and the power of this gift, said, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law. You feel the weight of that law, under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And this is a series and, and I would encourage us all to try to attend every Sunday morning through this series. You know, we don't do one-off things at New Song Church where, you know, sometimes in, in groups we say, just pop in any time, it's all, you know, stands alone. We try to maintain a sense of journey and a sense of uh, the progressive uh, revealing of meaning together each week. So for, for Advent, if at all possible, I would encourage you to attend each week because I tell you the season will be so much richer and not just because of what I'm saying up here but because the fact, because you are showing up 
and the Spirit of the Lord is dwelling with his people and we will experience that together. This is a pilgrimage towards the day when we say Christ is born. So last week, uh, we invited everyone to write a letter to Santa. 60 people did it. I think there's a real need there to express something. Um, Whether it's about how good you are or about what you want, You know, I believe that a church family like ours should have plenty of space for fun and lightheartedness. Every aspect of life, I think, can be part of this experience of the Spirit in communion with one another. That involves so many aspects of human life, and there's nothing human that that should be rejected from this place of community. And that was fun, so thank you to all who participated in that little time of imagination and fun. Uh, to be perfectly transparent with my church family, I did take a peek at all of the things that you wrote, and you guys have been very good this year, it seems, <laughs> especially the children, except one of you said, I've not really been good this year, which I thought was really honest and good, but there was a deeper point to this, these letters. As we thought about this series and how we might begin it, there was a point here You know, the collective wish list from all of these notes last week included some material wants, of course, and some needs, uh, but, uh, but also very many intangible longings and hopes, things that we have maybe been praying for for years, and we took one more opportunity to take a pen and write it down with hope for this to take place, to come about, whether it's about our family or our friends or our own situation. Back in the summer, we pondered this series, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, and one of the weeks we talked about, my longings tell me so, that God is placed within us by nature of his creating us, this longing that we can't ever seem to satisfy with anything this earth provides for us, and we, just, we realize that these longings are there to draw us to the one who will satisfy our souls So we're kind of talking about, again, today, this is expectation, anticipation, the longings that we have as we enter into this season. Before we continue talking with me talking, we're going to take a few moments of silence. Here at the beginning of Advent, to recognize our longings as we arrive here today just to stop to think about what is most real, true about ourselves this morning, our longings, our hopes, the spaces in our lives that feel empty, broken, weary, unsatisfied. And as we take this moment of silence, I'm going to light the first Advent candle. And traditionally, this candle is called the hope candle. And I don't know a better metaphor than a candle in the darkness shining. St. Augustine told us, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they seek, find their rest in you. Let's light this candle.
May we each find the peace and satisfaction that we seek this Advent. This morning, we are going to be in the Gospel of Luke to begin. And we will be introduced to a man whose story is one of longing and patient waiting and joyful satisfaction. And he's introduced in the second chapter of Luke's gospel, which gospel means good news. Luke's account of the good news of Jesus. So the context of this is in chapter two, Jesus has been born, and in the story of Jesus' birth, we've heard, we hear in the story that Joseph and Mary, as faithful new parents, have traveled to the temple in Jerusalem to dedicate their firstborn child as required by the law of Moses. The firstborn was to be brought, and a sacrifice was made, and a dedication was made to the Lord. And then in verse 25, here's what we hear about this man. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout, and he eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. Very brief, but a lot of information about Simeon. We have his name, we have this description of his righteousness. He was a devout man. And he seems to be a man with one singular central preoccupation in his life. And it seems to be that this preoccupation, this focus, the central part of his life is because he is a God-directed person. His mind, his heart, his desires, his will, his hopes are in sync with the God whom he worships. And it says he is longing for the restoration of Israel eagerly, longing, waiting, anticipating. Now this translation, uh, restoration, is maybe not the best word. You know, in English translations of the Bible, people translate words in different ways, and, there, and there, there's a lot of faithfulness in that, but in some ways you have to pick a word that you think best reflects the Greek, the meaning of the original language. And there's differences, and these are important to notice. And some of them are maybe better than others. Um, and restoration is maybe not the best word, because often the way meaning of words change. And, and, and restoration can seem like what he was hoping for was some uh, restoration to Israel to become this powerful military nation again, back to the heights of when David was king. But the word actually is really kind of different than that. The word is more like the concept of comfort or encouragement, coming from a place of suffering and then meeting some form of comfort. Like when a child falls off its bike or trips and skins his knee and comes running to a parent for comfort. That's kind of the picture here. He was longing for the consolation, some Bibles call it, or the comfort. Simeon was well aware of the painful story of his people's history. That was one thing. He had this understanding, this part of his knowledge of the generations of suffering. 
and struggle, but also he had, in a large extent, an understanding of the character of the God that he followed and worshiped. And not only that, but the promises that God had made to his people, that he was compassionate and that his compassion would come to fruition at some point. God would not ultimately abandon his people, regardless of their wandering and their sin, he would come to his people. In Isaiah 40, God through the prophet said this, comfort, comfort, O my people. Say to your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term and that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. Comfort. And not only was this how Simeon understood history and his hope, but in verse 26, we are told that the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, we don't know how that came about, this revelation, but we can understand that he probably received this because he was one who walked close with God. So he was open to a conversation with his creator and he had been, it had been shared with him somehow that before he died, he would see a glimpse of this happening. And it's a promise. I wonder how he imagined this being fulfilled if all he knew that before he died, he would uh, encounter the answer to the hopes of his people. Would it be a, the word is Christ, which means anointed one. He would witness this Christ did he think it would be a king or a prophet? Well, he's about to find out. The story continues in verse 27. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. So this man, who for many years has been walking with the Spirit, following God, is now doing so again, just like any other day probably just a normal day, nothing uh, untoward, nothing unique. He just simply obeys the leading and follows the Spirit's prompting once again, which leads his footsteps to the place of worship. Yet today is unique because it just so happens that on this particular day, Joseph and Mary have come to the very same place at the very same time to fulfill their duties in the temple as parents. So imagine that meeting. I love to sometimes just imaginatively enter in like I'm a fly on the wall or a person in the temple watching this meeting. It's a good thing to do sometimes to, to give color and imagination to these things. Imagine Mary and Joseph coming into this grand place to fulfill. They are simple people. In fact, it tells us that they brought very simple gifts for the sacrifice they didn't have lavish things to bring, so they, they took the poor people's stuff, they took like a dove uh, with them. 
And then this man, Simeon, who's this elderly man, something happened and he recognized something unique was happening. Verse 28 says, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. He said, now, master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all peoples. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. A close encounter, a moment of recognition. He held the baby. What a remarkable moment. He says, my eyes have seen. And he has experienced this revelation that the baby in his arms is the one who would come. There's such a beautiful picture here of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity of God, that God's will overarchingly to bring redemption to his creation and the Son's mission is beginning and the Spirit's illumination showing to those whose eyes and ears are open what they are to see and understand. What must have been going through his mind and heart as he held this child and experienced God's presence? What he says is, now, master, let your servant go in peace according to your word. This deep sense of rightness and peace as he held the child. I read something somebody wrote about this, and he said, he wrote, as Simeon gazed into the brand new eyes of the ancient of days, Christ for him went from being God with us to God with me. God with me. Imagine that, imagine you, you know, go somewhere with your newborn baby, like to Stater Brothers or something like that, right? And suddenly there's this uproarious, grand words being spoken by this elderly gentleman. You know, Mary and Joseph, you know, they had some inkling, but they didn't really know exactly what was going on. And it says in verse 33, his father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. Not a typical thing to be said about a baby, uh, in Stater Brothers or even in the temple. Babies have been coming to be dedicated time and time and time and time and time again and Simeon was probably there for a lot of them. But this was the moment when he recognized that this was indeed this one. So what encouragement or illumination might there be in this story for us as we enter into this Advent season? Well, I'm gonna use four words. In fact, I'm only going to use three words. The first one is this. Realize. Realize. Like, as I did this morning, opening a curtain on a bright, sunny morning. Light. Or splashing your face with fresh, cold water. Awaken. That the same spirit that rested upon Simeon is here with us today. The same Spirit of God that rested upon Simeon with whom Simeon walked is with us here this morning. The same Spirit who moved Simeon through the hours, the minutes and hours and events of his days is here with us 
present this morning. And if we will direct our lives toward God, he will order our desires and longings in good directions, and we will encounter him. You know, Simeon is described as righteous and devout. You know, whenever I read, I read that in the Bible about some Bible character, I always feel less. I always feel like, well, that's never gonna be me. I think we have this idea of righteous and devout as being strong, perfect, these giants of the faith who never have a moment of doubt in their lives. The reason that Simeon encountered the Christ was because he was the most perfect, righteous person in the neighborhood. Well, I don't think that's what it means. I think to be righteous and devout is to have an understanding and a revelation of who God is and who I am means I'm going to be one of the most humble, actually in many ways weak, person recognizing my frailty and my desperate need for the God who sustains me every day. In our church world in America, there are so many charismatic, strong, powerful people. We can start to think that that's what we need to be like before God will speak with us. That's actually never really been true. God delights to reveal himself to the lowly. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. I think Simeon probably knew the text in the prophet Micah, which is one of my favorite things. When I start to feel like I've got to live each day white-knuckling it to perfection, Micah said, God has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was a German pastor in a Christmas sermon, in a December sermon in 1928, said this, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. For these is enough to wait in humble fear until the Holy One himself comes down to us, God in the child in the manger, God comes. So realize the Spirit is here. The second word is wait. Wait. Simon was waiting. He'd been waiting a long time. What did waiting mean for Simon? Sometimes you think waiting is a passive experience. Waiting. But he was actively waiting. He was putting himself in the place of worship, and actually literally, physically in the temple, in a place where he might encounter God. And the answer to his waiting came to him. He did not make it happen. He was receptive, and the answer came. You know, the best advice I ever got was also some of the simplest advice, and it was a time in my life, I probably shared this before, because I can't remember, right, <laughs> um, who I've told this to. But you know sometimes when someone says something to you in your life and you go like, that is stored away. It's one of those moments. Well, there was an elderly, another elderly gentleman uh, who's a retired pastor and I would visit him regularly because he just was like, such an encouragement to me. I was a very young person in serving in church and everything. And I had so many worries and anxieties. 
And he was in his mid to late 80s and had, you know, been to all the same stuff. And he'd kind of, you know, pared it down to some pretty simple things. But he, he recognized that I was struggling. He said, Grant, come visit me this afternoon. And then being the cheeky man that he was, Byron, he said, are you ready for this? This is going to be a complex set of theories that you're going to have to really pay attention. You get your pen, your paper. He said, Grant, here's what you need to do in this situation. He said, you need to pray and wait on the Lord. And he will answer. Pray and wait on the Lord. And that's exactly what Simeon was doing. The confidence that he had that God would answer led him to continue in his seeking and pursuit of God, his, his connection with God, and waited actively with anticipation. And the third word is this, it's receive. Receive. You know, the comfort of Israel came in a very unexpected way. I think we often expect that our idea of, of the answer to our hopes and our expectations, our anticipations, all these things should look something more like what we would expect. But that's not what happened with Simon. I couldn't imagine a more strange appearance of the anointed Christ than this tiny baby in the arms of a young, poor woman. But Simon did not reject it. Simon did not question it. He embraced it and celebrated it. It was revealed to him that this was the answer. Despite not seeing how it would all work out, all he had was this baby wrapped up. I mean, is this the answer? Is, how does this all work? He simply received and he expressed worship in that moment for this small moment of recognition. And I think this was because he was well-practiced in the discipline of walking with God in faith and receptivity. There would probably be many less significant times when Simeon had experienced God's answer to him. He was well-acquainted with how God works. He had an open heart to God. It's like children. You know, children have this childlike faith. We're encouraged to be like children. That's what I love about this Christmas season. That's what I love about Melody. Melody enters in with this receptivity and joy to this season. Luke tells us, though, that Simeon was an elderly man. You know, sometimes as we get older, we can become cynical. We can lose that childlike wonder and anticipation, openness to what God is doing. Sometimes, though, it can work differently as we realize after years and years and years of trying to fix it, to solve it, we may actually become more childlike, more open to what God will give to us. Simeon was born into a troubled time. He lived through troubled times. Even when Christ was born into the world, Simeon was unaware that the answer had come. And yet it seems that he continued in faithful worship, seeking God each day until he received the answer that God would bring him. G.K. Chesterton 
talking about Christmas, said this. The great majority of people will go on observing forms that cannot be explained. They will keep Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions. They will continue to do it and someday suddenly wake up and discover why. I think we are very, we find it very difficult to receive sometimes the plan of God when we are struggling, when things are difficult. We, we see many paths which we think God should lead us down or how the answer should come. But the message of Advent is this. The consolation, the comfort, the satisfaction that we need is not an event or a resource or a change. It is a person. It is a person. Jesus Christ, God with us. In all of our struggles, the call this Advent is to each morning awake to the reality that Christ is with us. He is faithful. He has not forgotten us. He is with us. I'm gonna call Ben to come up as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning. Advent is a time when we remember, we look back, but it's also a time when we look forward to another advent that Christ will return. How are we, will we be receptive to this? What is our posture? Just as Simeon was responsive to the moment of the first advent, how might we be responsive to the coming of the second? Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. Every day we awaken to his presence and his promise and his invitation to walk with him. And that's what we'll do together for this time. And we will find his peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict it is the presence of Christ. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would meet us wherever we are today. You are not surprised by our condition. You are not surprised by our struggles. You are in the midst of everything that we are encountering. Lord, we pray that we might meet you, we may seek you out. We love you, Lord. As we enter into a time together of communion, Father, we pray that you would touch our hearts, open our eyes, remind us of your great love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Communion is many things.
Firstly, I say it's an opportunity for us to respond. At New Song Church, we welcome anyone who desires to step out in following Jesus to participate this morning. It is a means of saying, yes, Lord Jesus, I come. I need you. It's also an experience of fellowship. We do this together, recognizing that we are one body. It's an experience of hospitality. It's a reflection that Jesus invites us to come, and he offers us his salvation. And it's an experience of peace in the midst of conflict. In your own time, come forward to the front or the back to receive the elements, and we'll hold them and take them together in a moment. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat, all of you. This is my body, which is for you. Let's take the bread. After supper, he took the cup and said, this is the blood of the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. I will not drink it again until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's drink the cup. Lord, we pray that you would be the God that you are, mighty in all your ways. Lord, may we be receptive as the creatures that we are. Lord, we need you. We ask you today and these coming days to give us curiosity, hearts that seek. And we just pray, Father, that we would meet you over these coming weeks of Advent in the beautiful ways in which you would have show yourself to us. For we pray in Jesus' name.